This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. This is Case Closed, your weekly hour of old-time radio mystery, which you can find every Wednesday at relicradio.com. Our first story this week comes from The Sounds of Darkness. We'll hear The Killers from July 28, 1967. After that, it's Boston Blackie and the bombing of Joe Ingalls. That story aired April 28, 1948. Spinbrock? Uh, yes, sir. Of course, sir. No, we realize that the president's life's in danger. Of course, sir, I, I can assure you, sir, we haven't been idle. No, sir. Uh, very well, sir. I'll get my best man onto it. That's right, sir, Lee Masters. I'll send for him right away. Goodyear presents... The Sounds of Darkness. Tire and Rubber Company, makers of passenger, truck, and tractor tires for every requirement in South Africa's farming, commerce, and industry, bring you Lee Masters, the blind detective who challenges the sounds of darkness. Sounds of Darkness, you will hear Tony Jay as Lee Masters, James White as Johnny Bridges, and Elaine Lee as Samantha Darlington. Others in the cast are Bruce Anderson, Erica Rogers, George Carellin, Eric Egan, and Hugh Rouse. And now let's join the world of Lee Masters in tonight's Sounds of Darkness, a friend of Uncle Sam. What are you so on edge about, Fred? Well, I'll tell you. Now, normally, we don't pay any attention to 80% of the anonymous warning letters we get. You know that, Lee. Sure. The other 20% you give a routine check over just in case. So? So, we've had an anonymous letter. But this time, for a couple of reasons, we've got to do something about it. Or rather, you two have. What are the couple of reasons? First of all, here's the letter. Uh, you'd better read it aloud, Johnny. Sure. It's an ordinary rule paper. Looks as though it would have been torn from a kid's exercise book. You know the sort, Lee. Yeah. Pen, pencil, or typed? Printed in ink. Mm, not a pro crook, then. Okay, read it. This is to warn you that they are going to kill the president. He mustn't undertake public appearances on the 19th or 20th. Signed, 
A friend of Uncle Sam. Holy cow, is this for real? We don't know. But we have reason to believe it might be. And, of course, with the life of the president involved, we just can't take any chances. Pass me that letter, Johnny. Sure, here. Yeah. Well, go on. What are the reasons for believing that this might be on the level? First of all, you remember this scare about the bomb aboard the Queen Elizabeth a few months back? Yeah, you've got a warning note. Investigated. Found the bomb as mentioned in the note. Right? That's right. Here's the note we received that time. Yeah, I see what you mean, Mr. Harris. It's the same paper, Lee. Mm -hmm. And at a guess, I'd say that the same person wrote both letters. I'll give it over here. I see. Anything else? Another note. Here it is. This one we got just before General Rickenoff was due to take off of Vietnam. I'll read it to you. When General Rickenoff's plane lands, they have arranged things so that it will blow up. It's also signed, like the other two, a friend of Uncle Sam. Well, hand it over, Fred. So, these three notes were written by the same person. And as the other two warnings were for real, you can't afford not to do something about this one, huh? Absolutely. Why, don't you agree? Oh, I didn't say that. Sure seems like it. How did these letters get to you? They were addressed to the FBI Washington, and they were mailed. Oh, they, they came through the regulation U.S. mails. That's right. Postmarks? All different. The first one... Warning us about the bomb aboard the Queen Elizabeth was posted in New York. The second one about the plane and General Rickenoff was posted in Dallas, Texas. And this one came from Portland, Oregon. Right across country, huh? Yeah. Now, you see the reason for the panic. This last letter arrived yesterday. Today's the 15th. Four days to the 19th. Four days. Doesn't leave us much time, does it? Tell me, what engagements does the President have on the days in question? On the 19th, there's a formal ball at the White House with dozens of foreign VIPs. And on the 20th, he's launching a new nuclear submarine. In the Navy Yard at Portland, Oregon, I bet. That's right. Yeah, that figures. Is that all, Fred? That's all. Here are the three letters and the envelopes. They came in. Do you think you can do something? Well, we haven't missed yet, have we? No, but we can't afford to have this one for your first timer. <laughs> Well, Johnny, what did we learn from those letters? Well, the English wasn't too bad. All the notes referred to they, so presumably a gang is involved. The printing? Was it a good adult hand? Or was it childish or uneducated looking? No, not uneducated. Pretty neat. All in capitals. So, what do you deduce, if anything? Well, there's nothing to deduce, is there? Neat printing, pretty good English. I mean, that doesn't tell us anything. Notice the perfume? No, no, I didn't. Well, I did. It's not a regular perfume or even a cologne. More like a hand lotion. You know, keep your hands soft and young looking, that kind of stuff. Which means a woman handled those letters. Most probably wrote them. A woman who uses hand lotion. All three of those letters smelled the same. The other two, not so strong. 
But it was still there. Most women use hand lotion. Sure. Before they go to bed, that sort of thing. But those weren't the kind of letters a woman writes just before she goes to bed. Obviously, a woman who's involved with saboteurs against her will. Uh, maybe her husband's involved. Yeah. yeah, that would figure. My guess is that this broad is married to a guy who's mixed up with this gang. She doesn't want to go to the police because that would put her man inside. Or worse. She can't talk him into giving the whole thing a miss. So she does it this way. When they plan something which she just can't go along with, then she drops the FBI an anonymous line. She writes the letters late at night. Uh -huh. And then she slips out and posts them while hubby's sleeping. No. No, that I don't like. Why not? Well, unless she drugged him, what's to stop him waking up and finding she's not there? Yeah. You can never be sure, no matter how heavy the guy sleeps. It's a much safer bet that she wrote them while the guy was out. So, why the hand cream? Maybe it works nice. Yeah, could be. No, no, it still doesn't figure. If he goes off to work, and she knows she's going to write this letter and then slip out and mail it, why the heck bother with hand lotion? Yeah. You see what I mean, John? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. What about the postmarks, Lee? What do you make of them? Mm -hmm. Three different places. Could be just a cover. Somehow I don't think so. Why not? Well, like I said, those letters weren't written by a pro. They were mailed in three different cities because they happened to be in those cities at the time. Looks like Our Lady travels around quite a bit. Well, not necessarily. I mean, they're going to do a job on a plane that takes off from Dallas, so they go to Dallas. The Queen Elizabeth docks in New York, so they go to New York. Uh -uh. I don't think so, Johnny. These birds would have a cover. They wouldn't just move into a town, do their little bit, and then move out. Sooner or later, the pattern would show and they'd get picked up. Spies, saboteurs. These people are usually trained operators. And they always have a front. Yeah, that's true. Nope. They were in those towns at the time on business, which would have appeared to be strictly legit. Like traveling salesmen, that, that, that sort of thing, huh? Maybe. Mm-hmm, maybe. I wish I could figure that hand lotion. There's a big, fat clue there, I'm sure. Book two seats on the next flight to Portland, Oregon. We'll stay at the Phoenix Hotel. Fix that, too, will you, please? Sure. Anything else? Uh, you, uh... You smell anything on this letter? No, Lee. Not a thing. Yeah. I didn't think you would. Seems like I'm the only one with educated nostrils. Uh, how far is the nearest drugstore? Well, there's one right across the street. Get hold of Johnny on the blower and tell him I want him to take me shopping. Good morning, gentlemen. 
Good morning. What can I do for you? Hand lotion, hand cream. You stock that? Why, yes, of course. What brand does your wife prefer? Well, that's the point. You see, she asked me to buy some for her, and I uh, forgot the name. Oh, now we have uh, Kiss of Dawn, Snowdrop, Lilac. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't remember the name, oh. but I would remember the smell, or at least my uncle would. Look, oh, yeah. uh, look. I know this is a nuisance for you, but I, I wonder if it wouldn't be possible for me to take a sniff at the various ones you do stock. With the greatest pleasure, my dear sir. Uh, if you just walk this way. If I walk that way, I'll just look at my hip. Now, sir, now, now, here we have Quaker Girl. I'll just take off the stopper for you. There. Now, now, that's by far our most popular line. No, not that one. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, oh, yes, perhaps uh, Ziegfeld Folly. No, not that either. Oh, well, perhaps it must be Sweet Sue. Do try this one. smell another hand cream in my life, it'll be too soon. But you finally tracked it down, huh? Yeah, after sniffing our way through three beauty salons and two hairdressing establishments. It's an Italian hand cream called Madonna Mobile. Very, but very expensive. Oh, I never heard of it. Tells us that Our Lady isn't short of dough. A small bottle sells at 14 bucks. Wow. For that money, I'd never wash it off. For that money, I wouldn't use it in the first place. Flight 14 at 6 o'clock, you said. Uh-huh. That's right. Give my love to the beaver's date. Shot, isn't it, Lee? I mean, just because she uses Italian hand cream doesn't necessarily mean she's Italian. No, it doesn't. But look at it this way. Spies, saboteurs. They gotta keep in touch with head office, don't they? Sure. Well, take it from me. The shortwave radio bit you very seldom find outside novels. Well, they use the mails. Now, letters going direct behind the Iron Curtain would be very liable to come under our scrutiny, wouldn't they? Mm, I guess so. But we couldn't keep a check on every letter that went to... Italy, for instance, could we? Yeah, I see. You're gambling that this dame is Italian and she still uses the hand cream she used back home? Women are even more creatures of habit than men are. That's why I want a list of all Italians at present in Portland who are not normally domiciled there. And I hope Reuters got it ready for us when we land. Because checking to see if anybody on the list was in New York at the time of the Elizabeth bomb scare and Dallas when the general's plane was due to take off is going to take quite a couple of the four days that we have left. You are listening to A Friend of Uncle Sam. Tonight's Sons of Darkness, brought to you by Goodyear, the greatest name in rubber. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Lee, you do realize that today is the 19th? Sure, Fred. I know that today is the first of the danger days. But I also know that the odds against them trying anything in the White House are longer than a billion to one. One place our security doesn't worry me is the White House. Yeah, sure, that's true. I know, but tomorrow... Well, obviously, they're going to make the attempt here at the Navy Yard tomorrow, if the warning is for real. Look, I got a force of over a thousand cops, security agents, and FBI boys at the ready. Tomorrow, from the time the president lands at the airport, they'll be on duty. They'll be mingling with the crowds at the Navy Yard. Listen, Lee, at the risk of being obvious. Relax, Fred. I know it's the president, but boil it down. It's a security job, and it's an investigation. Those two little chores I've been doing successfully for the past 20 years. There's no reason to suppose that just because the personnel involved is star quality, I'm going to fall down on the job. Yeah, I know, but... But me no buts, Fred. I got work to do. See you later. Worried, huh? Uh, wouldn't you be in his shoes? I'm worried in my shoes, and they're a much smaller size. Okay. Now then, what have you found out about Italians who've just moved here recently? And who were in Texas and New York on the dates in question? Lee, I hate to say I told you so, but it looks like this Italian hand cream angle was just one hunch that didn't pay off. Come again? Nobody. But nobody. Oh, plenty that moved here recently. But New York, Dallas, forget it. And those that came here within the last six months, they all check out at AI on security. Johnny, it's time you learned a very important lesson in this job of ours. When you're convinced your hunch is right, and they tell you it's impossible, then look for a way that makes the impossible possible. You'll be amazed at how many times you find that way. Yeah, but Lee... You I... can't get two pints into a pint pot. That right? Sure, everybody knows that. I don't. I've seen wildlife pictures showing a python swallowing a buck. An antelope whose girth is twice the size of the snake's. How about that? Yeah, but listen... No, you listen. There's something screwy about the fact that the doll had hand cream on when she wrote that note. Don't ask me what. I don't know. But the answer we're looking for lies in that hand cream. Somehow. But how? Let me think. How was the list of newly arrived Italians arrived at? Every rooming house, hotel, apartment block, cottage house. In fact, every single dwelling in the city was checked. So your answer to that set of facts is that I am wrong. Well, my answer is they must be living someplace else. There is no place else. There must be. But Lee... There must be, Johnny. We got about 18 hours to come up with the answer. Vagrants in this city that aren't well and truly accounted for. But trailer camps, Reuter. Caravan parks. Yeah, all checked. Big fat zero. But what about the Army or Navy personnel? They move about. No, I check with every service chief within 200 miles. Then there's an angle we've missed. Well, let's go over things again. Say, uh, that the Navy band practicing? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I suppose so. Now, look, Lee. You know... Brass bands always remind me of... Yeah, that's it. How was that? I'm not with you. Circuses, my friend, circuses. Where people go all over the country. Where they live in the country. Where they live in caravans. 
but not in regulation caravan parks or trailer camps. You check on any circus folk? Why, I don't think so. Well, is there a circus in town at the moment? I'm not quite sure. Okay, listen. You go on ahead with this check over the sub that's going to be launched this afternoon. Johnny and I got us some checking to do of our own. See you later. someplace. Tingling Circus is in town. Has been for three weeks. And they were in Dallas when the general's plane proved to be bugged to explode, and in New York when they found the bomb aboard the Queen Elizabeth. We got three hours before the president arrives. How do we find out which one? Which one what? Which lady in the circus wrote us the letters? You think she'll talk? She's our best bet by a long chalk, isn't she? Yeah, I suppose so. Of your information, counting the different acts, the wives of the roustabouts, the office staff, etc., there are 53 women attached to the circus living in trailers on the show site. 53, huh? How many of those are Italian? That I don't know. Two or three obviously are. You know the names. But the one we want might have a married name that doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. You know, who are the trapeze artists? Uh, here, the flying Finns. Finland, huh? That's interesting. That's very interesting. You think the Dalvin one could be one of them? I think it's more than likely, Johnny. And I'll tell you why. That hand cream. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. I keep harping back to it. You but, sure uh, think a moment. What would really play heck with a woman's hands? You mean swinging on that trapeze bar? Sure. If a woman is at all concerned about keeping her hands soft and supple, and in that job she would have to from a point of view of safety, never mind personal vanity then probably every moment she's not actually performing, she would use cream on her hands. What do you think? Sure sounds reasonable. Okay, then. Let's go see if Mrs. whatever her name is of the Flying Finns knows anything about Italy. Oscar Sarinen there. What is it you want? Eh? At the moment, we're not quite sure, Mr. Sarinen. Just a few questions to start with. Sarinen. Finnish? <laughs> He's right, yeah. You speak pretty good English. Oh, I've been here quite a few years. Just what does the act consist of, Mr. Sarinen? The act? <laughs> well, I, I thought you Go wanted... Go on. To... Oh, something there. Well, what about the act, huh? Who's in it to start with? You and who else? My wife and uh, my partner, oh, he's the catcher, I'm the flyer. Your wife and partner, they also finish? Oh, my partner, yes. My wife is Italian. Uh, she flies, too. That's uh, a bit of glamour. Sure, sure. Uh, what is your wife going to do when we take you away? Take, take me away? <laughs> what are you talking about? I got no time for games, sorry. What? In exactly half an hour, the president arrives in Portland. But, of course, you know that. Oh, sure. Everybody knows Johnny that. Johnny here is going to take you to headquarters and hold you there. I don't imagine for one moment that you're going to come clean. I don't know what you're getting at. Take it away, Johnny. No, listen. I, I don't have to put up with anything from you. I, I'm a citizen. Yes, you are. You're the kind of citizen I'd like to personally beat up. 
Now get out of here before I do. On your feet, sir. No, I invoke the Fifth Amendment. Great. Don't be too gentle with him, Johnny. I'll wait for his wife to arrive. Listen, Mrs. Saarinen. We've been over that atomic sub with a fine tooth comb. There's nothing aboard. How did your husband plan to do it? Was there... You mean you don't know? How could I? It took me all my time finding you, let alone find out how you planned to assassinate the president. Madonna mia. What is the time? I'm afraid I don't have a watch. No, of course I forget. You cannot see. Oh, we must hurry. Pray we are not too late. Tell me. You mean... Holding your husband isn't going to stop the attack? No, no, no. We have planned that when the president he throw the bottle of champagne, then it will happen. The bottle? The bottle. It will not be champagne. It will be nitroglycerin. Johnny, he's just about ready to launch the thing. Excuse me. Sorry, I gotta get through. Excuse me. Sorry, man. We of the United States do not seek conflict. Excuse me. But we are ready. Out of the way there. More than ready to meet any threat. Sorry, I gotta get through. With measures such as this fine vessel. Gangway. Move over with you. Out of the way. Excuse me. Any out to would be enemies. Stop, Mr. President. Stop. Gives me pleasure to name this fine craft. Stop him, Johnny. Name this submarine. Take your pardon, Mr. President. Lee Masters, FBI. Johnny Bridges, my assistant. Like an explanation of his conduct, Mr. Masters. You'll have it, sir. That champagne bottle contains nitroglycerin. You've taken leave of your senses, Mr. Masters. Johnny, take hold of that bottle, but very carefully. Then throw it as far out into the bay as you can. Is there a clear space? Yeah, yeah, there is, Lee. Okay. Throw it. Right. Here goes. Yeah. I don't know. And God bless all who sailed it. of Darkness, presented for your entertainment by the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, makers of world-famous passenger tires, truck, and tractor tires for every requirement in South Africa's farming, commerce, and industry. Join us next Friday and every Friday night at 9.30 when Goodyear will again present the blind detective Lee Masters in... The Sounds of Darkness.
house across the street. That one with the red roof. Huh, Martin? Yeah. And that's him. That's Joe Ingalls sitting in the living room where the light is. Yeah, yeah, I see him. Uh-huh. Hey, the window's open a little bit, too. We won't even have to break the glass. Who cares if we break the glass? We're going to break up the whole joint, ain't we? Uh, if this thing goes off the way it's supposed to. It will. I know my bombs. Well, I don't know. Come on. Let's go across the street and get rid of this bomb. And the house. And Joe. That little guy just passed. Now there's nobody coming. Well, we can stay right here and get rid of it. Are you kidding? That's a long toss. I know it. You can get that bomb through that window from here. You just watch. This I gotta see. This you're gonna see. Wow, chase her right through the open window. Sure, all right. <laughs> Goodbye, house. Goodbye, Joe. Good boy, Chaser. And now meet Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. We found a few more bomb fragments around the room, Inspector Faraday. Uh, can you tell what kind of bomb it was? No, sir. Well, the bomb squad will tell us, Matthews. Yes, sir. Uh, give those fragments to Callahan. Have them run them down to headquarters. Right. The bomb wrecked the house and killed Joe Ingalls, so run down anything you can find on him. Yes, sir. You want him to run me down soon, Inspector? Oh, Blackie, there's been one explosion in this house already. Don't make me sign another. Inspector, you're dynamite. Uh, very funny. What are you doing here? I came down to see what all the noise was about, and then I saw you. Okay, you saw me. What do you want, my autograph? Anytime I want an X, Faraday, I'll look in the dictionary. Humorous. I knew the dead man, Inspector. Joe Ingalls was a pet peeve of mine. Uh-huh. When I heard about the explosion, I just had to come down here. I have only one question to ask you. Why? Because of law and order. You're the law, and I came in order to find out who bombed this house. You did. Any witnesses? No. Only that little man over there talking to Matthews. What do you see? None of your business. In other words... Go find out for myself, huh? All right, so I will. He asks himself questions and he answers them. No wonder he's smart. They're his own question. Hello, Matthews. Oh, hello, Blackie. I understand this man witnessed the explosion. May I talk to him? Oh, sure, Blackie. What there is of him. Hello. Hello. My name's Boston Blackie. Who are you? Uh, Sullivan. John G. Sullivan. Oh, great. Oh, no, the great was John L. I'm John G., no relation. No resemblance. Uh, no, I don't think so uh, You either. saw the explosion? No, I didn't see it, but I came by this house on my way to my own house, <laughs> mind you. I'm minding me. Well, uh, what did you see? Uh, not very much, mind you, but the light in this house was on and the window was partially open. I just happened to notice this, <laughs> mind you. Yes, I realize that. Now, what else? Well, that's all, except that well, I saw two men in the shadows across the street from the house. Well enough to know them? You saw them again? No, I don't think so. It was dark, mind you. And the next thing I saw, I didn't see. I heard. The next thing you saw, you heard? That I like. It was the explosion. And where were these two men when you heard the explosion? Still across the street? Well, I don't know. They must have been. I, I didn't see them on this side of the street. Uh-huh. You say a window was open when you came by this house. Which window? Uh, that one there, in the room where the bomb exploded. Oh. Well, thanks, little Sir Echo. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That little fact about the explosion is going to blast uh, open this case. Uh, 
Yes? Your name's Sullivan? Yes, John G. Sullivan. My name's Martin. Martin. I want to talk to you, bud. Oh, uh, uh, I... Oh, yes. Do do come right in. If there was anything you could do to stop me. Well... What do you know about that explosion down the street? I know poor Mr. Ingalls was killed. You know who killed him? Well, no. Then what were you telling the police? Only that I... Oh, I saw you. You were looking around when I was talking to Boston Blackie. That's right. You better not lie to me. What did you tell the police? Well, nothing, because, mind you, I know nothing, only that... Only that what? That there was a terrible explosion, and when I turned around, it was all over. I didn't see the two men very well. What two men? The two men who were across the street. Would you know those two men if you saw them again? Oh, no. It was dark, mind you, and I don't see too well anyway. (laughs) Well... What was that for? That was for talking too much. Well, it was no You call. told Blackie all about well, this, didn't you? Well, yes, it was all I knew, but you shouldn't have slapped me. I, I didn't know very much. Look, Sullivan, you keep right on not knowing very much, or you won't know anything at all. Hello. Blackie, this is Mary. Oh, hello, Mary. I just got in. Hmm, I know. I've been trying to reach you. Really? What did you find out about the Joe Ingalls killing? Uh, nothing yet, but I do have an idea about something. Mm-hmm. Haven't you always? And why does it ever What is your idea, Blackie? Well, one of the windows in Joe's house was open about a foot. A witness says two men were across the street and never crossed the street. So the bomb might have been tossed in the open window from where they were. Blackie, that's impossible. No, no. Under certain conditions, it could be done. Come on over here, and I'll tell you all about it. Okay. I think all I have to do is find the men who had something to gain by throwing a bomb and throw them for a loss. Hello, is this Boston Blackie? Yes. Blackie, this is John G. Sullivan. I'm sorry to bother you. Did I interrupt anything important? Oh, no, no. My girlfriend, Mary Wesley, is here, Sullivan. As a matter of fact, we're just discussing the bombing. What can I do for you? Nothing, but I think I can do something for you in the interest of justice, (laughs) mind you. Well? I didn't tell you all I saw at the explosion. I wasn't purposely holding out, (laughs) mind you. I was just being cautious. Now I've thought it over. I'm not cautious anymore. Uh, yes. Well, uh, what is it you've thought over? Oh, I wouldn't dare tell you over the phone. Someone might be listening. Could you meet me? Yes. Where? I have a place at Raccoon Lake, a little shack called the Do Drop In. I never have guessed that. Uh, could you meet me there at 10 o'clock? Yes, I suppose so. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Did Blackie think you were really John uh, G. Sullivan? What else? Glad I hung around after the explosion chase and heard Blackie say he had a bright idea. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, you sure sounded like that John G. Sullivan guy. I think I did too, even if I say so myself. John G. Sullivan. <laughs> Come on, let's get out to that shack of mine and take care of Boston Blackie. Take care of That's right. Now that sounds like he's sick. Brother, an hour from now, Blackie ain't gonna be sick. He's gonna be dead. <laughs> Well, Blackie, 
You've been sitting there thinking ever since you got that phone call. Who was it on the phone? It was that fellow Sullivan. You know, the unmighty John G. I told you about. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently he hadn't told me everything he knew, so I'm going to meet him and get the rest of it. I guess he had a touch of conscience. Blackie, you've been fooled by phone calls so many times. How do you know it was Mr. Sullivan on the phone? I'd know that little guy's voice anywhere. Well, maybe he was forced to phone you. <laughs> Not a chance. If someone threatened to meet collapse, <laughs> I'm sure this isn't a trap, Mary. Well, I don't know, but... All right, if you're sure, I'm satisfied. Where are you meeting, Mr. Sullivan? At a shack called Do Drop In on Raccoon Lake. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're not coming, and you're not going to worry about me. Why, Blackie, you know I never worry about you. What do you ever give me to worry about besides everything? They say the bomb used on Ingalls wasn't this type, Inspector Faraday. What type is that, Matthews? A fragmentation bomb, deadly. Mm. Wouldn't have been much to pick up if this had been the type used. Uh, was it this type? No. Nope. According to the bomb squad, that type needs detonation. There was no evidence in the wrecked house that the bomb was wired or set off by any external means. Well, I have to know what type bomb that was. It's one of the ways I'm going to find the killers. The type bomb isn't going to help you much, Inspector. Why not? They tell me it was a homemade job and not an expert one at that. Mm -hmm. Any one of 100,000 people in this town know enough about explosives to make the bomb we're trying to trace. Oh, oh, boy. Nice little place you got here, Martin. That's a pretty little lake out there. Yeah, that is nice. Mm -hmm. any, any fish in that? Uh-huh. We're going to feed him tonight, Jason. Uh, with Blackie. Huh? <laughs> After we make a sieve out of him when he walks through this door. Yeah, we've been waiting an awful long time. Maybe he didn't fall for your gag. I think he did. Well, maybe. You know, I really sounded like that little Sullivan jerk, didn't I? Yeah. Listen. <clears throat> I don't want to start trouble, mind you. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Look, what did uh, Blackie sound like? Like he was anxious to have a talk with Sullivan out here. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, if we don't get him this way, we'll get him another way. Mm, we should have done that in the first place, I think. Use a bomb on him the way we did on Ingalls. I owed Ingalls dough when he was getting tough about it. But Blackie's butting in, and that means I owe him more than dough. Oh, listen. Tire coming down the road. Yeah. I think it's Blackie's. How do I know? I can't tell yet. Get behind the door and have your gun ready. Yeah, it is. It's yours. Been ready for a long time. Uh, the car's coming its way. If it stops in front of this shack, it's Blackie, all right. And he won't have a chance. I can tell by the lights. It's just about in front of us now, isn't it? Uh-huh. Take a look out the window. Hey, Martin. It is Blackie, and his car just stopped in front of the shack. Yeah. And in just a couple of seconds, we're going to stop Blackie. For good. Now, back to Boston Blackie. Henry Chaser and Jim Martin toss a bomb into the home of Joe Ingalls. Ingalls is killed. Investigating the case, Boston Blackie learns the details of the bombing from a meek little witness named John G. Sullivan. 
and claims he has an idea. One of the killers, overhearing this, phones Blackie, pretending to be the mild-mannered Sullivan with further information. A meeting is arranged at a shack near a lake. Unknown to Blackie, the killers lie in wait for him with drawn guns. As we return to our story, Blackie is just about to get out of his car in front of the shack. There he is, Miss Wesley. Yeah, I see him. Blackie. Yeah? Blackie. Blackie, wait a minute. Mary, you're in bad company. What's the idea of associating with Faraday? And what are both of you doing here? Blackie, you've been tricked. Don't go in that shack, Blackie. You mean not without you, don't you? What's the idea of following me? Blackie, it's my fault. When you left to keep your appointment with Mr. Sullivan, I got suspicious. I was afraid this might be a trap. So I phoned Mr. Sullivan myself to see if he'd really made this appointment. And he did. He's in that shack right now, waiting for me. And probably so scared that he won't talk. He's not in there, Blackie. What? You're about to walk into a trap. How do you know? Come on with me. Okay. There's your Mr. Sullivan. Where? Right here in back of Inspector Faraday's car. Hello, Blackie. <laughs> Mind you, I had nothing at all to do with this. I know nothing about it. Well, Sullivan, I certainly talked to someone on the phone who sounded like you. Well, I don't know who it could Come have on, been. Come on, Faraday. Come on. I haven't seen anyone leave the shack. If this is a trap that's still set. There's probably a bomb waiting for you in there, Blackie. Well, we'll soon see. Come on, let's try the door. But can't we? You stay back, Mary, in case there's an explosion. All right. I'll stay back here and protect Mr. Sullivan. Good idea. It'll be a good idea if we search the door for wires before we open it. It'll be safe enough if we just step back as we open the door. Now, you ready? To get blown from here into the middle of the lake? No. What's the matter? Can't you swim? Yes, but when I dive into a lake, I like to do it under my own power. Kick open the door. Let's get it over with. Okay, here goes. Get back. Yeah, you too. I'm back. Up with the foot. And get... Well, nothing happened. Look at your back. If you aren't wearing wings, you're right. Can you see inside the door? Yeah. <laughs> Just an empty shack. Let's go in. Hmm. Empty. Put your hat back on. I don't do obvious jokes. Yeah, that's your story. Well, Faraday, the back door is open. I guess this was a trap, all right, but the bait has beat it out the back. Uh, now maybe you'll thank me for coming out here and stopping you when I did. I owe you one. Blackie, uh, you said you got an idea from Sullivan when he told you one of the windows in the murder house was open before the explosion. Well, uh, what is that idea? I'm not ready to tell you yet, but I'm ready to do something about it right now. <laughs> Just a minute, Blackie. Sure. Arnie Herald, Sports Department. What? Who won the World Series in 1903? The Boston Americans beat Pittsburgh in the National League five games to three. And that's right, five games to three. It was the best five out of nine game series that year. 1904, there wasn't a series in 1904. You're welcome. Sorry, Blackie, this goes on all day. <laughs> you really know your baseball, don't you, Bill? I should. I've been a fan and a writer about baseball for 35 years. Now, what can I do for you, Blackie? Well, I'd like some information uh, about... Here we go again. Excuse me. <laughs> go ahead. Morning, Harold Sports Department. What managers won a pennant with the greatest number of different teams? Bill McKechnie with Pittsburgh in 1925, St. Louis Cardinals in 1928, with Cincinnati in 39-40. You're welcome. All right, Blackie, now where were we? <laughs> Nowhere. 
I was about to ask you to do a little research for me. I'll do whatever I can, but it'll be just like you to ask me the one question I can't answer. It's about baseball, isn't it? Well, in a way. Well, what is it you want to know? Better ask before that phone starts again. <laughs> okay, Bill. And all I hope is you know the answer to a question I'm going to ask, because that will really ring a bell. Uh, come in. Here's a laboratory report on the fingerprints you found in the shack, Inspector Faraday. Good. Good. Who's are they? They belong to a hoodlum named Jim Martin. He owns the shack. Oh, fine. What does that prove? He's got a right to have his prints all over the place, then. He hasn't got a right to have the record he's got, though, Inspector. Among other things, he was arrested once with a guy named Henry Chaser on a charge of assault and battery. Mm. And guess who put in the complaint? I'm not in the mood for guessing. Who was it? Joe Ingalls, the guy who was killed in that explosion. Yeah. You know about him, don't you? He loaned guys to and got big interest. I know. I also know we're getting somewhere. And without Blackie. And we're going somewhere without Blackie, too. Have you got Martin's address? Yep, here it is on this report. Thanks. This is one time you'll really beat Blackie to it, won't you? And how? I have a hunch Martin's a man we want. So do I. I'm going to get Martin the same way I got my information. Without help from Boston Blackie. What are you doing, Martin? What's it look like? Looks like you're making another bomb. I am. Quit tossing that ball up and down, will you? It makes me nervous, Chaser. Sorry. Who's this bomb for? Ingalls is the only guy we owed any dough to. I know. But this one's for a guy who wants to pay us off with a trip to the death house. Oh, uh, Blackie, huh? Uh-huh. I told you in a shack, if we didn't get him there, we'd get him in his apartment with this. How? Toss it in the window? No, Blackie lives in an apartment building, ninth floor. <laughs> That'd be some toss. I'm making this bomb a small one. Enough to kill a guy if it lands at his feet, but not enough to hurt anybody 15 to 20 feet away if he ducks fast after he throws it. I'll duck fast, all right. Now, you're sure the bomb won't kill me, too, huh? No, Chaser, we're partners. With my head and your arm, we're a team. A terrific team. There's the house you want, Blackie, at the end of the block. Oh, oh yeah, I see it. Huh. Martin should be at home, too, Mary. A lot of lights on in there. Well, let's go in and see, Mr. Martin. You're sure you don't want to stay out here in the car? Where you go, I go. <laughs> that settles that. All right. I'll get out your side. Eh? And I'll stay at yours. You'd better. Go on. Hey. Awful dark night, isn't it? Yes. But with that dope I got from my sports writer friend, I don't feel in the dark at all. I think that information will solve the case. It might, Mary. Who? Uh-oh. I saw it too, Blackie. Something in those bushes over there moved. Yes, I'm moving too. Into those bushes to grab over it is. Blackie, be careful. <coughs> oh, yeah. All right, you don't try anything. <coughs> hey, what's your idea? Faraday. Oh, no. Not you, Blackie. Get off of me. What are you doing here, anyhow? Besides sitting on top of you... Paying a little visit to Jim Martin and Henry Chaser. How did you know about them? I'll tell you about that later. Well, Snoopy, did your snooping do you any good? Not yet. I just got here. I was about to look in this window here when you jumped me. Well, let's look in it together. Is anybody in there? I told you I haven't looked yet. Well, never mind. I'm looking now. Uh, and there are two men in there. I can count. You learn something every day, don't you? Hey. 
One of the guys is just standing there, juggling a baseball or it's something. A baseball or nothing. That other guy's making a bomb. Yeah. I have an idea. It's for me, which means these guys are for me. You mean for us? Come on. Wait a minute. Wait. Hold it. That tight bomb that that guy's making probably explodes on impact. Yeah. A bullet would explode it, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah, it looks as if he's finished it. We can't go through a door or a window without their getting a jump on us. Yeah. But I know how we can grab these guys without going in after them. Oh. Watch. Get back a minute, Faraday. Why? I'm going to break this window. Hey, who's out there? I am. Both of you guys stand right where you are. Chase it, Blackie. Hey, Martin. It sure is. And don't touch that bomb or I'll put a slug into it and blow you up. Don't touch it. You're not going to stop me. No, but I am. <laughs> nice shooting, Faraday. I said don't touch. Now put your hands up, both of you. Mine are up. I can't move. Try awful hard. Okay, Faraday, go on in and get them. Right. Their hands are up and so is their time. <laughs> Okay, wise guy. So you did find a way to get to Martin and chase him. But mm-hmm. so did I. Fingerprints and Martin's record. But how far would that have taken you, Faraday? What? You couldn't have proved they killed Ingalls with that bomb. Yeah, I don't have to prove it now. I got a confession from him. Yes, but didn't my evidence force that confession? Okay, you found out that Henry Chaser was a great minor league pitcher, tossed out of organized baseball for turning crooked, and that he and Martin were pals. But how did you know to look for a baseball pitcher? It was the way the bomb got into Ingalls' house. It wasn't left there by anyone because it had to be thrown to explode. It came through the open window, open about a foot. Yes, and tossed from a good distance away from the window. That's right. Now, who could throw as perfect a shot as that? An ex-baseball pitcher, of course. I found out one ex-pitcher who would turn crooked. There you are. I'd have found out Chaser was a pitcher and figured that out, too. Maybe. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the important thing is that Chaser has been caught. And as far as the public's concerned, one of the killers did the pitching, and you did the catching. Blackie, why did Mr. Martin use a bomb to kill Mr. Ingalls instead of, well, shooting him, for instance? He thought he was smart, Mary. It's easy to trace a bullet. Oh, yes, ballistics. That's right. And bombs can't be traced. Oh, yes, they can. In some cases... The bomb is never completely destroyed. Yeah. If fragments of wire and casings are found, they can be traced. Well, then Mr. Martin went to a lot of trouble for nothing, I'd say. Well, it might have taken us months to trace Martin through those bomb fragments, Mary. Mm-hmm. What caught him quickly was his association with that one-time ball player, Chaser. Mm-hmm. Chaser was a good pitcher, wasn't he? Yes, his record shows that he could really get him over the plate. Mm-hmm. He'd have been a major league star if he hadn't gone wrong and been tossed out of baseball for life. Well, that was certainly a perfect strike he threw at Mr. Ingalls' house, right through the window. Yes, there's a switch to that pitch, though, Mary. Well? It took care of Ingalls, and it'll mean the chair for Martin and Chaser. Instead of three strikes putting one man out, one strike puts out three men. Case Closed for this week. There's more from The Sounds of Darkness, Boston Blackie, Case Closed, and all of the other Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. Our shoutcast stream is there as well with even more old-time radio. And, of course, our donate button if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows. Your support makes all of this possible. Thank you to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back again next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. <laughs>